Hello and welcome to the Ecom Life podcast. Sorry, we haven't been around for a little while. The Christmas period was a little busy, as I'm sure it was for the rest of you during the uh, in the uh, in the e-commerce world. Um, I'm joined by some friends this week from Five Eight Seven Four for the first time. I've got Ben Palmer, who's our who's our digital director, and I've got Luke Osborne, who's our commercial director. Um, we thought we'd kind of take the first podcast of this year and get, and go a bit relaxed, um, talk about a couple of things that where we, where we deal with, and probably I mean ultimately picking up one of the biggest questions that we get asked around our process. And, and where we go to and, and how we start projects and that mainly being discovery what does it mean why do we do it um, why do we insist on it because we, do, we don't actually take on a project at 5.8 without discovery um, so I mean I guess with, with that in mind guys before we get started why don't you introduce yourselves um, I guess Ben let's let's pick on you first why don't you uh, tell us a bit about yourself where you've been what you've uh, what you've been up to keep it clean if you can and we'll we'll, we'll go from there Okay, so yeah, my name is Ben Palmer. I'm the digital director at 5874. Where have I been? Other side of the world, I think, is a good starting point, really. Um, comes up a bit too often, but um, impressive. I've been in Japan for 16 years. I left after university. My university course was in um, interactive digital art and design. It was known as MLA back then. Um, and I, I just had a very short time doing a bit of e-learning before I thought I'd go and live in another country. And I just thought I'd go to check it out. And uh, yeah, 16 years later, I was still there. Um, during my time there, I um, had my own digital agency, which is um, still happening over there and um, experience with market entry. Um, so came back uh, to the UK, um, be around my, my, my family, um, who finally get to see me after that time and meet my son and, uh, and joined 5.8 into the world of uh, more into e-commerce and uh, and digital solutions so that's uh, where i'm from yeah Excellent. Sounds good. I was going to say part, part of the irony about that was you came back from Japan and then probably got locked down, didn't you? Which was some of the irony. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, you probably yeah. weren't any closer to your family than you than you were before. So yeah. cool. And <laughs> Luke, I guess with 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 that in mind, why don't you give us a bit about you, where where you've been, where you fit in at Five Eight? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Luke Osborne, uh, commercial director, Five Eight. Um, my background isn't quite as uh, as interesting as Ben's. I think the uh, the furthest I've kind of travelled uh, work wise is Birmingham. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's kind of how I've kind of uh, moved around, I suppose. Um, my sort of agency background is a multitude of different platforms, whether it be Magento, Shopify, and now obviously Big Commerce. Um, roughly sort of five years of e-com digital agent experience, and um, yeah, work with clients of all shapes and sizes. You know, whether it be sort of ambitious startups or um, yeah, complete enterprise clients as well. So um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fast-paced world, and um, yeah, world I really enjoy sort of working. Cool. All right. Thanks. Uh, th thanks, Luke. I mean, I guess with that that in mind, Luke, and while you're while you're while you're while you've got the mic, so to speak, I appreciate we've all got it over Zoom. But while while you've got the mic, um, you're the one that leads uh, le leads the initial discussions with clients, the sales cycle, as a, as a, as it were. So, how does um, how does discovery? come about what, what is it what, why does it matter and I guess from a from a kind of I suppose scoping period and, and, and how do we approach that so I think that I mean firstly discovery shouldn't be a new concept to any kind of merchant looking to work with an agency you know I've worked with agencies that have approached discovery in different ways in the past and I think that kind of the way we approach things is is, is probably the clearest process that we've that, that I've personally worked with um I think discovery to a merchant is the agency understanding their needs and ultimately objectives of the actual overall goal. Um, I think a lot of, well, a lot of 
a lot of agencies will rely on that initial brief to form part of that discovery but in my mind i don't feel like a brief is discovery a brief is very much a it's almost a prompt to the agency to say listen guys these are our goals these are our objectives this is what we need you to hit within our project and then i think that it's the agency's responsibility to then take that brief and say okay guys we understand that you want to do x y and z however our approach to this would be this and that for me is what discovery is discovery is you know the foundations of any successful project it's a reference for clients it's a reference for the agency to look at and go actually this is the roadmap to success and this is how we're going to get there and i think that <clears throat> when we discuss discovery with a lot of clients um i think there's there's they're occasionally pessimistic because of i guess previous agency experience because some discoveries, for example, with other agencies aren't a paid for service. Mm. Um, you know, it's a it's a service that is just there for the agency to give clients at least a, a small understanding of, of where the project might go. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, to ultimately do discovery well, it's, it's paid for service. You know, it's, it's weeks where the agency will sit down with you and map out what your goals and objectives are and ultimately how you're going to work together. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I would agree with you on, on all of that because we kind of designed the designed the system between us, didn't we? I mean, it's it, it kind of go. It, it's consultative. It's educational. It's it's pulling in some of uh, some of our, our our reams of experience. We just sat on this call here. We've got about fifty. We've got over fifty years of of ecom experience between us, um, and and that's working across a across a across a variety of sectors as well. Um, just thinking around. I mean, in in terms of the paying for it part, is that is that something that I mean, it's 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 the value. And do, do people understand that value from from the outset? Um, I think there's definitely an education piece required there. I think that once you can kind of um, I guess educate the merchant on actually the value of discovery and the level of detail that we go to in discovery. I think that's when the actual value itself. I actually think you get a lot of your a lot, a lot for your money, um, especially with the um, the typical kind of cost that we we propose to a lot of our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and if 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 anything else, um, you know, discovery is a chance to be provocative. Um, I think that. Five as an agency is great at doing that, and I think that you know the guys we've got on the call now, Ruth and Ben. Um, you know, you guys are great at being provocative with clients. You know, clients may not necessarily think a certain way, but our job really is to make them think of every single avenue. Um, and discovery should be exactly that. It's as much about us giving the client what we can do as much as what their sort of goals are with um, with, with with their with their project. Yeah, I mean, Ben. I guess this kind of tees me up to one of your, one of your favourite lines. What is it? You, you only. I won't say it for you. You only know what you know. Or so. What's your, what's your phrase you use there? <laughs> I don't know. That came out spontaneously. I think <laughs> it is kind of something like you only know what you know, or you think you know. I mm. prefer a bit of Socrates of you know. All I know is I know nothing, um, personally. But it's that idea is you do have people who are confident going in who might have quite a bit of experience with their system so they put together an rfp and it's like hey this is what we want we know we want this and you kind of think well actually if i ask you the right questions about it maybe you're going to realize there's some things you haven't thought of and that's really valuable and that's really valuable in in, in anything um and somebody i think they obviously have that in psychology as well i don't know but it's like a counselor in a way talks with that person and it actually reveals hang on a minute i didn't realize i thought like that oh wow um and that happens in you know in 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 discovery as well as probably in other industries as well yeah um, yeah so 
Yeah, I think it's interesting. I know I know we have been referred to as uh, as, as, as shrinks at time and people, people feel like they're coming to sit on the couch a little bit. And I, I suppose I suppose it is when you when you get that far and it's around because they may they may have a particular ERP that they think they're stuck on and they can't move out of it, but they're looking to looking to move across things. I mean I I've I've done this long enough now to know that where they where they think they're gonna start isn't where they're gonna end up. Um, and and that, yeah. that's a, that's a key part to it. So, I mean, I guess Ben, just give us a snippet in terms of the the level of detail that that, that your solutions team goes into on these. I mean, you know, let's keep it light. We're on a, we're on a podcast. We don't need to uh, we don't need to dive into the into the really heavy detail. But kind of give us a peek behind the curtain. Okay, well, it is difficult to decide how to go into detail on it. But let's say we try to take the spread of everything that we see in, in an e-commerce operation. But you start at the high level to also to understand what the needs of the project are, the requirements and dependencies, any challenges that people think there might be as well. But also getting those kind of KPIs out of somebody early on is very important. And people don't think it is. And you start to find out actually as you work through the project, meeting these goals is really what we're trying to do and how we get there. But then we look at, technically the technical side we go into the architecture and what their current e-commerce system um, system in terms of system and how pieces and components fit together and make it work but also what's happening in the store you talk about pain points and you get that list of functionality and often people stop there and that's a thing that as well that's part of it we like to move into talking about the brand as well and how whether it's a store even a website or anything conveys its brand what are those values it all starts to loop back in and what you find in discovery is things come back up that you've already discussed but they're supposed to and they're like little mini circles um, that come back and kind of revitalize themselves each time that we move into ux because we go through the ux with the client as well um, often priorities within the store, the, the types of customers that should be using it, which when leads us into wireframes. Um, and from wireframes, you actually find more functionality that they may think they want or don't want or becomes appropriate from everything else that's discussed. Actually, this thing becomes really relevant, but also by giving a level of visualization as well, which comes out of the wireframes, it helps um, a, a client at that point as well to be able to understand it more because they can kind of see it, mm. which is also why we do, we more recently anyway, but we put in a look and feel, which is a very light design, but it's a full design, but it's just to give that sense of realness to everything everybody's talked about. It really allows people to see it, how it could look as well, takes the mind a little further. And then after that, we also were moving into marketing and how all the marketing and external systems fit together as well, and how we might track and analyze a customer, which also loops background into, well, what do you want on the store? Because if you're doing you know, data-driven research, that's actually illustrating as well what could be beneficial. So you have all of that at the end, but then when there's still some more discovery involved, which is coming back to the client with you know, what were the important parts that we've come up, we've talked about everything, where should we focus? Then we get into the nitty gritty and the details of specific points um, to finally kind of put that all together into a solution that's collaborative with them. So by at the end of it, there is a rather excessive um, presentation. I think it's, I've done theater and I've been in a band, but that's the longest I've ever spoken as a monologue in my life. Um, but it lays out, everything in detail so everybody's 100% clear and it's agreed and there's that level of confirmation between you and the agency that mm. you're exactly on the same page so when you do execute you know what you're getting and I think a problem with non-discovery or when it's been baked into a project in advance or it's just from an RFP 
it's so open to misinterpretation. And that's where you get problems with the requirements aren't correctly fulfilled. It goes out of, you know, like timelines overdue or there's dissatisfaction because it's not exactly what the person wanted. And often, you know, it's not the f- necessarily at the fault of either party, it's the fault of the process. Because, mm. I mean, like I said, I go back to my Japanese bag and I know how easy it is to misinterpret what somebody says to you in a foreign language. And that's just simple, it's language, language, or even another culture who speak the same language, well, you know, in expat land. Um, it's so easy to get that wrong. So when you're just reading some text, and it's a very complex subject. It's very sort of, um, from an agency's point of view, a bit protective to go off and think, oh yeah, I know exactly what the client means. Let's just build it, lads. And, it's, and, and be confused when maybe they, it's not quite exactly what somebody wanted. So there's that due diligence to it, I think, on behalf of the agency as well, to make yeah. sure totally. what you're gonna deliver is exactly what the person's asked for. And that's how we, I kind of see it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. There was, a, there was a few things going through my mind while you were while you were talking there. I mean, I know there was a there was a very funny um, there was a very funny Twitter video that was going around the other week that we shared internally in our in our chat columns on there around UX, and there was a square <laughs> hole, and everything went through the square hole. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's part of the irony of the English language and requirements and user stories. And if they're not if they're not detailed enough, then 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 they're up for interpretation. And that's that's that, that that's that's the that's the mother of all, isn't it? It's uh, it's it's where it goes wrong. And, and and I mean, I know the thing I always hate is the is the is the can you just comment? And and this and this this can this can this can run across anything in life. Um, it can run across you know refurbishing a house, buying a car. Um, applying for a job or um, in the in this instance building a building a new e-commerce architecture but you know could, could you could you just move that wall and you know well if we'd have found it at the start and we'd have planned then yes absolutely and I guess that's uh, what I know we refer to architect drawings before you give them to your builder um, and planning the de- drainage and all the and all, all the rest of it and um, it, it, it works well. I mean, Luke, just flicking back to back to you for a second there. When, when we're in that initial scoping period, how much are you are you talking to our to our prospective customers at, at that point about the future, or is it very much that initial phase of of what they're looking like? Are you are you looking to talk about a roadmap and where the, where they can potentially take things? Yeah, I think that's really important, and I think that's what kind of separates premium agencies from yeah reactive agencies. I like to I like to call them so. You know, most most reputable agencies or most agencies of a certain success can build a, a site just based on a brief. You know, that's that's not the hard part. The hard part is asking the right questions and kind of working out where a client wants to get to. Because, you know, as you mentioned there, you kind of need to know what the future of success looks like for the merchant because there might be something that they want that we need to implement to kind of factor that into things. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that 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 to me is the key reason why Five Eight are a premium agency, and that's the key reason why a lot of premium agencies of um, of a similar size and sort of similar sort of um, expertise excel versus their competitors. It's because you're asking those provocative questions, and you're you know you you, you want to work with a client long term. I mean, and that's that's another important part to it, right? You know, you don't just look at the client and go, okay, guys, yeah, we can deliver this, we can deliver this project in three weeks. Here's the keys, goodbye. It's, it just doesn't work like that. Um, especially for, for five as an agency. So for us to kind of map out what the, the future success looks like also allows us to make sure that we've got a roadmap to success with the client and what a long-term sustainable relationship looks like. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that does sound a lot like partnership rather than a traditional client um, client supply relationship. Absolutely. How do, Absolutely. How do you find that that goes goes in with with discovering us? I know Ben. I mean, you lead the solutions team, so I mean, you're 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 involved in in things all the way across the the life cycle of of clients at five eight. Whether it's yes, uh, debugging something that that went wrong on an integration layer or, or whatever. How does that part partnership play into it and that client relationship? in terms of the discovery yeah so in terms of discovery who's involved um are there different layers of relationships that are in there and yeah and, and how, how do you really get under the covers of things um well i think in all organizations as well there's always relationships i think one of my, my previous business partners a famous quote of one of those clients was i think it's everything is all business is relationships or something which is mm -hmm. an interesting one but it it meant you could kind of you can go go in there and talk this and that it, that's great but not not actually having a a rapport from it from the sense of of a sales no, sorry Luke, but you know that kind of <laughs> image no, that, that, that wall of wall street image you look like a report how a report but the rapport where the communi the communication's very clear so within that discovery process as well, there's a relationship that's built up that being able to express ideas and comfortably between each, each other and have that maybe more, um, slowly as it progresses as well, becomes more relaxed and open as well, that you can really kind of get into the questions that maybe if it was more just initial, hey, how's it going? This is the RFP, here's a project, let's get on with it. I'll pop around, get some, you know, get some information out of you. Um, you're not really kind of getting a kind of closeness of communication where it's, I guess, more like within a team or a trainer. I guess I always think sort of think like if you know that fitness trainer idea is useful as well to imagine as well, where you'd only know what you know. Like if I, I'm, I, I like my sports and everything, and I, I try different training things, but then I think I know what I'm doing. I probably don't. And I, you know, I, I, I meet, my, I get some, meet some goals out of it, but I think we've, we've had that with, again, some, some previous friends and stuff. And then we went actually and talked to someone who knew what they were doing. And you had that incredible, well, this guy really gets it. And, um, and then he taught you something you didn't know, but at the same time as well, how they did it, that relationship was built and that trust was built as well over that time that you, you, there's that relationship there that you, you can always be kind of consulting with the person afterwards. And I think that also flows through within the discovery that discovery and production even during that production time and beyond, because you've established that kind of open communication and trust and, and, and sort of relationship, the, 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 the you know, person always interested in, in new things that they, you can do together because you've both felt this, you've both reached the goal. You know, there's those goals that you're trying to succeed that, that Luke spoke about where you get that idea. We're not just building the thing for you. We've understood what your goal is and what you're trying to achieve we're helping you to try to achieve that. Great, we've got to step one. Well, we got to step one together. Great, let's, how do we get to step two? Hey, we're with you on that, let's do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that gets built much more over a discovery process than it does when it's a little more sort of separated. Definitely. It's, it's a term that gets thrown around the industry quite a lot as well. You know, it's, you know, do you want us to be an extension of your team? Um, you know, whether or not that you're actually an extension of the team is, is a different matter. But I think that by digging into what the goals and objectives are over a long period of time and actually getting in the weeds of what the business looks like, you can only truly be an extension of someone's team if you have the same or at least similar knowledge of what business processes are, 
what their pain points are. Um, that's how you're going to be able to challenge people on a day-to-day basis about how to improve things. Um, that's a true extension of your team in my eyes. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And and I think the 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 hardest thing about all of that is it's easy to give good news, right? So there's something that the client, the the, the merchant's got their heart set on something uh, and it working in a particular way. And there are times where, and, and Ben, I've been there when, when you and I have had to deliver, it's not going to work in that particular way. You just simply can't do it. But if you do one, two, three, four, and five, you'll, you'll get it to where you want it to be. And having that trust, that relationship, that that you can you can you can talk open and honestly about those things and and it, it might not just be cost it might be timelines I mean I know we've uh, we've just finished up a discovery uh, discovery period with a company in Germany where they needed a site live for May the first and there were some fairly tight timelines and some constrictions around it and it's not gone ahead because of the because of the timelines and and that that's that that's that's the open and honest truth about that and it'll be reimagined as something else a, a bit later but it's 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 those key parts and I guess with with that in mind just thinking around timelines um how it from from both of your experiences timelines and costs that come out of um come out of discovery i mean yeah are they are, are they actually realistic where 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 where, where, where are we going to that what's what's the desire out of that ben are we I, I know we're talking numbers we're talking timelines are we stuck to um in terms of where we go to with that i think it's flexible to be fair I think there's two ways of looking at it as well. There's one, these are all your requirements. This is the perfect picture of what you want. Okay, here's realistically what it's going to cost to get there and what the timeline looks like for that. And they are accurate. Um, but at the same time, as we always know, there are dependencies or we have this deadline and something has to be done for here. And you can say, great, well, out of all the things that we've talked about and we understand what we've decided our priorities are based on your goals, and you can bring it all back around again, yeah? And then say, what, what's feasible to strip out? And we kind of, will know, we will both know by that point. And we can say, well, if we're comfortable taking this out, you can get to here for this, or it might be about a budget constraint, that's fine. Some people might come in and say, look, we, we, we want, you know, the giant Hollywood ending and everything. But we know that we, we don't, we're not having the budget for that. But out of all the things, again, we've talked about, which gets us closest to the thing that we want within that amount. And then we can say, okay, great. Let's put this together and put all the really premium things that you want, you know, priority things that you want together to get as close to that as possible. And sure, if down the line, then it's successful, you're going to be able to in, kind of get closer and closer to that final goal. So yeah, there's a, it's a journey and there's a final goal, but you're not having to get there the first time. And that's with anything. It's not like, well, you know, let's just I'm start playing football in the Premier League once I come out of you know, college. It's not, you know, it doesn't happen. Or I'm just going to burst into fluent Japanese. It doesn't happen. You've got to, on everything, you've got to work your way through it. And then I think when we talk with the clients as well, we can position what comes out in the final package. Want to be realistic, but it's understood as being realistic. At, but it also it achieves what they're it's achieving what they're asking for which is the most important and that's why we're working together i think without a discovery it's two very easy two easy things that can happen is one someone promises everything and then just goes great and then puts a thing called planning for two weeks in the front of your project <laughs> plan no digital agencies i know have ever done ever done that to their clients in Tokyo at all <laughs> um, and landed on our doorstep, right? So that used to be quite common, you know? Um, and, and that's the thing to, to be aware of, so, or be wary of. So almost as a client, you don't want that. 
you kind of do want the discovery because you've got to be a little bit wary of that it's not realistic to make a project plan without a decent amount of investigation anymore. I think one thing I wanted to touch on is we talked about collectively our e-commerce experience, but if you think about the web, was it 30 years old, 1990s maybe, e-commerce really kicked off 10 years later, that's a young industry. Yeah, something like that. I was about to say it's making me feel old because I was involved in most of that, but yeah. Right, right. If you think about established industries, big if it's construction companies or engineering, those sort of levels of consultancy or pre-planning are accepted and normal and I think it just as the as you said anyone can throw up a website but you can sure um, especially back in we should back, say back in the day can't we eh? um, <laughs> when it was a lot more simple but it's so much more complex now you know the internet has matured so much digital has matured so much it's so complicated it deserves to be considered on that same Kind of par of these other, these other industries and I think there has been a transition where historically you haven't had these discoveries because it never was quite that complex or were not given the same appreciation and now it clearly is but there's a lot of people haven't quite got there yet but it's simply saying do you realize how complex everything's got and what we're doing here it's not just quite that simple anymore it really isn't and and that's why it's necessary yeah, so let me, let me tee up another one because it's kind of where where you're going to with, with with some of that. So we're we're in a and it's it's partially ties into discovery. I think it's I know it's some of the challenges that I, I know that that Luke gets. But you know I can log on to BigCommerce.com. I can put my credit card in this afternoon. I can buy a theme off the marketplace. I can be running tonight and I'm going to own the world tomorrow. <laughs> why is that a bad idea? Why won't it work? Why why can't it just work for me? Depends what you want. If you just want to have a store that's looks all right and you can sell something on maybe because you still got to set up your payment processes and get all that <laughs> right but there you go you got to get the right contract in there and if you want people to navigate your store properly and buy something i mean you can do that i think there's been countless ones where i could say if it's terms of i'm going to start my blogging career or i'm going to end up as a youtube superstar because i can just make a video and upload it mm. and i'll have a million views by next because you won't nobody's does the build it and they will come mentality as well you have you know you can have your great idea and download a theme and stick it on a, con a content management system as well but is anyone you know who's going to visit it what they're going to do when they get that there's all these questions and it never mm -hmm. this it's kind of like a bit like a rock band kind of concept as well this the zone out of all the rock bands just provide like 99.99999 percent you're ever going to see it Glastonbury or you know BNX Festival these days or make it big Fuji Rock in my case because you know you if you can just get something and whack it out that is what you get but the problem is is, is the parity on that I think for web designers as well one idea well I don't know if it's the right tangent but we used to look at the internet and you'd always see you know the world's best site award or whatever and think oh wow my god how would we because you only ever see the best yeah. So it looks it looks like you can do that. It's like, yeah, I just go onto a store, download a theme, it will look wonderful, and off we go. Um, and you want to say, okay, well, go. You don't want to say go on then, but secretly, so we'll go on then, see what happens. Um, and yeah, they're much more complicated. And if you're looking at something, you know, premium, um, and you want something of quality, it, it, it's across. And it's again, it's an analogy. It's across any anything. If you if you just went and got a 
one try to make your own suit and go to a wedding in it unless you've already got the you're a professional at it or you've bought something very cheap it's likely to break if you have that high quality thing you're getting high quite high quality in most cases for that purpose um you know you say oh i could just i could just go and you know climb everest i could just get some boots and a rucksack and a husky or something and climb up it i'm <laughs> not, sure, not sure there's huskies on everest but yeah it's, it's... no 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 maybe maybe there are yeah. i was gonna say the one, the one thing that was making me laugh through that was or even put up a podcast but hey we're having a go aren't we so, yeah, the... <laughs> well the other part the other part i say to that is you know you have to you have to also start somewhere and 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 go you know get it done i think that's a nice little comment and i'm not sure if it goes for this but it's been going around um it's going around sort of the internet around um people in lockdown and everything and it's just called do it badly and it's just and it's more about a mental wellness thing it's just you know don't be too hung up if you haven't done it before to mm. do it so you need to get off the blocks to start with to do it but at the same time, if you've got someone who knows what they're doing and you can get a teacher to show you how to do it as well, or even if you think you know, you know that you know someone who's a peer or has that level of expertise, you're always, um, you know, you're going to get better. Do you know, I think that's, that, that's such a good point. There's something I was just considering about because I realised we've just sort of partially bagged the principle of, of going, onto the, uh, going onto the theme marketplace and buying a theme and stuff like that. But that's absolutely got a place, depending on where you are in your, in your world. But I think the key thing that we're saying here is, is, is research and planning. Right, and you you wouldn't try and write an essay without without at least having a plan before you before you started. You wouldn't drive to Cornwall without at least considering what route you were going to take from from home and and all the rest of it. And so, why would you do it? Why would you do it any differently in 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 any other in any other life? So, I mean, I guess, Luke, with that in mind, um, and I suppose all everything we've spoken about here, it, so there's there's a lot on a relationship here. Where do you? Where, I know you, you, your, your role and, and your, your life at Five Eight is, is, is selling us, selling our, selling our skill set and our, our personality. What's, how would, if, if you could give someone three or four tips about agency selection, where to start with, with all of that, how would, how would you go about that? Um, I would firstly say, don't buy into the marks and hype. Um, I, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's ironic that I'm saying it as, you know, we're a partly marketing agency as well, but. Um, you know, don't just buy into what you see on the face of things. I think that what's really important is that people get an agency that's right for them. Um, and just because an agency is large or just because an agency, you know, has built one of your competitors' sites, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be perfect for you. Um, you know, different businesses have completely different ambitions. And just because one of your competitors has used another agency before, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to deliver, a, you know, a great project for you personally. Um, so, I mean, firstly... Just be completely honest um, with, with agencies that you speak to. I think that that goes both ways as well. You know, if you don't like something about a certain agency, tell them, um, you know, it, you, not everybody likes everybody. And it's definitely, a, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a, um, a, a personal aspect of things. You know, you're kind of seeing who you get on with. It's not all about the agency's experience. Agency experience is important, of course it is, but it's not exclusively about experience or, you know, calibre of developers or wherever it may be. If you get on with that agency really well and that agency you can guarantee is going to stick their neck on the line for you and really get into the weeds of kind of what you guys are doing and where you want to go and you feel like we said earlier are a true extension of your team why wouldn't you work with that agency what because another agency is, is double the size it, make, it makes no sense um 
and you know think about that future roadmap as well you know is the agency capable of delivering everything that you need from start to finish um you know i've just mentioned about agency size but naturally there will be an agency size argument because you know if you're kind of looking to grow from let's say 1 million to 50 million in you know sort of three to five years when you start getting towards a 50 million pound bracket you're going to need an agency with um resource more than anything because you know if, the, if that agency is managing a marketing retainer you're going to you know you're guaranteed to be able to um where you're going to need at least somebody working on the account on a day-to-day -day basis so you know make sure that the agency is is set up for now but also make sure the agency is set up for further down the line when you're reaching that sort of that, that, that sort of growth path yes yeah, so i suppose it's, 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 it's about that planning phase again isn't it um, absolutely I think it's okay. I mean, I guess Ben, anything else you want to layer into that from an agency selection point of view? Um, I don't know. I'm be careful of my words. I'm going to say <laughs> agency cynic in a way, and it's only because I'm dealing with very large agencies. I feel that somewhere in the middle is a sweet spot, or an agency, as Luke said, that where you do have that touch against someone who's there with you, who's very real. Because I know from <laughs> my own experiences there are agencies who actually when they got the job done were getting it done by technically another agency so yep. people who were doing your project weren't the people doing your project and you could have cut out that agency completely and just talked to the people who really did it um and that was always a little bit disappointing to find out but because of the reputation or let's put it more like size given as assumed as capability there was a there was a lot of people going to basing their decision on on that for the agency as, as opposed to really what was going on and, and you, you i think you do want to be in that position where you can talk to the people or at least understand you know know the people who are actually doing the doing on your project that's the kind of level and there might be a big agent bigger agencies that can do that so i'm not actually just slamming them all because if you've got the right silos and team you put that team together and that agency we can give you the team and this is the team that's doing it. But that closeness to the people who are actually working on your project thinks important because then also those I think there's a lot there's a more kind of a more invested in it for for the for both parties there. Of course, for you, if it's your pro, your your store that you're wanting the agency to do, of course you're invested in it. Um, but from the other side as well, to, to a level of closeness I think is 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 very good to have when you select um, an agency. And of course, again, I'll reiterate what Luke said. You need to have that kind of be on that same level with the people that you're talking to as well. If it's what feels off or it's wonky or it's not quite right for you, then that's, yeah, that's it's pretty not right for you. That's that's key, isn't it? Because I mean, I know um, I know particularly in the sales cycle that you, you you and I will will jump on calls with Luke where we're where we're, we're meeting uh, potential merchants and things like that. And then I suppose. Similarly, it's it's I know we we pull in the the actual some of the delivery team. Well, actually, to be honest, quite a lot of the delivery and the discovery team are the same, and they'll they'll work all the way through with uh, through with the client. So they've got that relationship, and it, I don't know. I think that's probably the thing I'm I'm kind of taking out of out of all of this personally is if i was to distill it down for for people it's about planning and the relationship of, of, of what they've got that really nails something down they've got a full-on plan full-on set of requirements on on where they're able to go to what the time frame is what the roadmap is past that what it looks like what their commitment looks like what platforms are going to be involved when they need to sign contracts with different yeah. technology providers and, and and some of the some of the some of the other bits well yeah. cool all right well guys look we're 
we've we've gone for 30 40 minutes so we're just we're just about up on time so look, i really appreciate both of you taking the time um to uh, to jump onto the pod this week um i know both of you will be featuring again in upcoming weeks when we kind of touch on some other subjects and things like that if anyone um, does have any specific subjects they want us to cover in these podcasts then please do feel free to to drop an email to success at 5874commerce.com or drop a comment in the uh, in the chat box below um i'll get this part wrong but i was trying my best if you want to subscribe then you do something on spotify and you hit the subscribe button on youtube you hit the bell button and, and off you go we'd, we'd love to stay in touch with you guys and um and yeah thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time